And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. There's a place in the back of my That's reserved for all time. It's home, sweet home, precious memory. I cannot leave behind And I still love you, Lord In the same old-fashioned way And you know that I could never feel any other way and even if I could live to be a hundred years or more I still love you Lord in the same old fashion way for the time he grows older every day and you know he says that I've changed well I guess so have you but as time grows out on this life of mine you know my love for Jesus will be same and I still love 
the same old fashioned way. And you know that I could never ever feel any other way. And even important part of the service. Are you ready for the Word of God? Oh, I can't hear you. Are you ready for the Word of God? Amen. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, the people falls. But in the abundance of counselors, there is victory and there is safety. Amen. This morning, church, we are blessed to have a man of God, our prophet, a profound teacher of the word. So with much excitement, why don't we put your hands together for my father in the Lord, God's servant, Pastor Grace. I trust you. In the night time, I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. I'll trust you in the night time. I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. I'll trust you in the night time. I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. Lift your hand. I'll trust you. I'll trust you in the night time. I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. As servants, as servants, wait on master, so my eyes are on you, Lord. I will trust you, I shall never be ashamed. As servants, wait on master, as servants, wait on master, 
So my eyes are on you, Lord. I will trust you. I will never be ashamed. I'll trust you. I'll trust you in the night time. I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. As the hills round Jerusalem, as hills round Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His own. Oh, I'll trust you. I will not ever be moved. As hills surround Jerusalem, as hills round Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His own. I will trust you. I cannot ever be moved. I will trust you in the night time. I'll trust you in the night time. Lord, I'll trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. One more time. I'll trust you in the night time. I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. Now we pray. Father, we pray for your blessing. We pray for your revelation of the words, your wisdom, your guidance, your knowledge, your insight in Jesus' name. We give you thanks and praise. Come visit us, Holy Spirit, in a tangible, in a special way that we will not leave the same as we came. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated on top of your enemies. Bless the Lord. It's a good morning. It's a blessed morning. It's a beautiful Sunday. Even Eskom has decided to remove the load shedding for today. Amen. I, they asked for prayer, so they said then they'll take the load shedding away. Bless the Lord. Have you enjoyed the worship this morning? The worship is very important to all of you. Sometimes I'm, I'm at the back and I'm watching and making some other work work well. But I want you all, when the worshipers are here, to participate in the worship. Easily, your mind can wander easily, and you can think of so many things. You need to actually cut yourself off from thinking too much. Focus on the songs that we are singing. It's one of the primary purposes why we gather. I know you come from various conflicts, battles, situations. So even as you've come here, your mind is still... Your body is here, but your mind is there. So the worshipers, they must try also to get you to focus. That's why sometimes when I come, then I do extra little praise and worship. Because I know your minds are all in the battlefield. Amen. The old chorus said, forget about yourself, concentrate on him, and worship him. That, that's important.
It's like you lose yourself. That's what the drug does, isn't it? The, the tech drug, or whatever you use. Marijuana, the green grass of knowledge. For a moment, you, you're in a daze. So for a moment, you are like, you forget about your troubles. You, you sail over the, the, the bridge over troubled waters. Simon and Gaff uncle wrote that song on, on a drug that they were smoking. He says, it's a bridge over troubled waters. Sail on silver girl. Silver girl was the name of cocaine. Sail on silver girl. Like you're lost. You see, there's no trouble. <laughs> That's why drug addicts laugh. <laughs> Don't know why, because they are, <laughs> they're not sad. And so when you are enticed initially, they say, did take this, it will take away your troubles. Then when you find that that was a good moment, you want to come back to that moment. See, and then you become addicted and then you are caught up. But the Bible says you shouldn't be intoxicated. Be not drunk with wine. It actually, it, 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 it equates wine with the Holy Spirit. Word niet drunk van wijn. Is it? Want drunk het is is jelle. Zij is drunk, zij weet wat zij praat. Maar you can have a better experience with God in the Holy Spirit. You can lose yourself and find it in the Lord. So that's why the worship becomes very important. Yeah. You must come here and forget about your troubles. Lift your hands to God and worship Him. He's worthy of your praise and your worship. And then when you stand like that, you see, then you in the perfect will and plan for why you were made. Yes. All the other things that you worry about, was not really why you were created. You were created to worship Him. I think there's a chorus like that. We were created to worship Him. Yeah, that, that's the reason. That's why in heaven, where you won't die, you will live forever. It's constant work. There's nothing there. There's no working of this. this it's just worship. The angels cry, holy, holy, holy. So I want you, I know the time is not long, 30 minutes, Virgil and the guys have, so you must really participate in the worship part. Amen? And uh, then you don't need drugs. You can have a drug here. Drunk on the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Hmm. Beautiful. We give you praise. We give you praise. Now, I don't know if you noticed, we started to tile the place. And hopefully we'll be very far by next weekend. And then another week, I'm sure we will be we coming to this platform. Amen. So continue to give, please. We need every cent to finish the work because there's a big event coming to us soon. Next week, I'll be baptizing candidates. Amen. Do we have any candidates for baptism? All right. Next week, is going to be two services the morning 
and then three o'clock in the garden, three or four o'clock, we will let you know. You can all come and witness baptism. Amen. How many of you feel that even though you were baptized, your sins are so many, you need to be baptized again? <laughs> and you know, it's not wrong to be baptized more than once. Because Bishop Dag told the story once of how he almost died in a car accident. And then he thought he wasn't sure if he was ready to go to heaven. So he wanted to be very sure. He prayed prayers of forgiveness and he asked his assistant pastor to baptize him one more time in case it's the last time. He wanted to be very sure. And they went into the ocean and he was baptized. And actually when he came out, he said to the guy, I still don't feel that I'm ready. Take me one more time. So on that specific day, they took him twice into the river. Amen? So I don't know. But you must, your name must be with Deirdre, and we will have a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. Amen? I uh, want to end the series on the love of God today. Uh, it was a wonderful teaching series, I believe. Do you really love the Lord? And uh, I wanted to talk to you about more blessings of loving God, but I, I'm changing it a little bit because I, as I look through my, my notes, I realize there's a certain important part that I didn't share with you that you also need to learn. Amen? And it's called loving the word and the messenger of the word. Loving the word and the messenger of the word. Many times in a church setting, you find repetitive instructions. When you tell a child to clean the room, it's, it's, it's unlikely that you will have to tell the child that only once. Amen? You'll tell the child when the child is small, you must clean your room. And I don't know any child that has only received that instruction once and has always cleaned the room. Do you know such a, a person? So you must continually tell the child again and again and again and again, isn't it? Even when they're big, you still have to tell them, clean your room. So sometimes, as a pastor and as a leader, as a shepherd, you find yourself repeating yourself to the church people but it's specifically because your rooms are not yet clean. And the message today will, might seem very basic, but there are certain basic elements that will really give you strength as a Christian, you see. And so I hope today as I teach you on loving the Word, that it will be something that will really 
help you and develop you, make you strong, because it is very crucial in Christianity that you love the Word of God. We live in a time when many people attend church or they like many aspects of the church, but they don't really love the Word. <laughs> I can prove it to you now in a second. I can call any one of you to this platform. I have many mics here. I can give you a mic and then I can ask you questions about the Word. Don't worry, I won't do it, but I, just, I want you just to, to, be, to think about it. Let's imagine you standing in front here and I ask you things about the word. Will you be able to answer? So, you'll be surprised that loving the word of God is one of the signs of you loving God. Remember, I'm teaching you mysteries on loving God, and you might think that you love God, but if you don't love the word, you disqualify to claim the, the phrase that you are God lover. Why? Because the word and God is one. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word, you see that one, the word was God. So if you say you love God, then it must be that you love the Word. Now we will go to the normalities of quiet time. Pastor Charlie likes to teach that thing. Pastor Charlie has quiet time. When I speak to him, I can hear that he's reading the Bible. Because I tell him, when we speak, I say to him, I was reading in my quiet time. This, this, then he tells me, in my quiet time, I was reading this, 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 and I saw this. These are the types of discussions I would like to have with you. Amen? Not just about cleaning the building and when is the Bourbon's rose coming and you see, so when we when we talk, it's not only that I learn from you, uh, you learn from me, but I can also learn from you. It was Pastor Charlie who showed me the scripture of David being a madman at the, at the gate. I never saw it. I was always reading it, and he told me, the king said to the people who brought David to him, don't bring this madman here. We have too many mad people already in the church. It's, it's, it's in the Bible. I was surprised. <laughs> I'm just using one example to show how nice it is when people read the Bible then we can talk about the scriptures. Are you hearing me? Yes. Now you say, Pastor, we know that, we know that. You know you must clean your room also, but you don't. So let's go back to the basics, the very basics, and talk to you about loving the word. Amen. Are you ready for that? Bring my glasses, please, somebody. Let's go to Psalm 119. Verse 159. Psalm 119. If you don't know, 
then this is the longest psalm in the Bible. Psalm 119. There's also the shortest psalm. Ask your neighbor if he knows what it is, the shortest psalm. Let's see if, if you have a Bible reader sitting next to you. Say, what is the shortest psalm? I'm telling you the longest one, okay? 119. <laughs> okay, don't worry, don't worry. In Psalm 119, there are many beautiful passages about the Word of God. It's something else you are learning this morning. Listen carefully. In Psalm 119, you can see I already have a verse 159. Can you see? It's a long, long, very long. The longest psalm, possibly the longest chapter in the Bible. Could be. Some small books are just one old chapter. So, But it is, and, and, and most of the important nuggets from the psalm talks about the word of God. Many, thy word is, uh, it talks about the light of the word to your, uh, to your feet. It talks about um, how the entrance of the word brings light. All these things. All right? Let's look at verse 159. It says, Consider how I love thy precepts. Okay, let's do it in the in, in, in NIV, please. Uh, sorry, NLT, NLT. See how I love your commandments, Lord. Give back my life because of your unfailing love. Hallelujah. We go to 168, okay? From, from 159, we keep rolling. The very essence of your words is truth. All your just regulations will stand forever. Powerful people arrest me without cause, but my heart trembles only at your word. I rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure. That's a beautiful scripture, isn't it? I'm doing Bible teaching this morning. I rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure. How many of you kiss your Bible like it's a treasure? I'm teaching you what to do, okay? You, when you love the word so much, when you finish reading, you will kiss it. Like Murdoch used to say that to us. He kissed the word because he puts it on his heart and he kissed. Mm. Say again. Caress. Yeah, caress it. Put it so on your cheek. Then you rub it. I do it with the books. I do it with the books. When I'm finished reading a good Christian book and I really liked it, I, I give it a small kiss and I, I, caress, I caress it so over my, over my soul. Treasure. The words is worth more than silver. It's more, worth more than gold. The words, the words, the value of the words. Your instructions to me, O Lord. Let's, let's read on. I hate and abhor all falsehood. I love your instructions. Wow. I will praise you seven times a day. Say, Wow. Many didn't even say wow, but just before the verse, they said they love the instructions. 
Say forgive. I will praise you seven times a day because all your regulations are just. Continue. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Beautiful. No, 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 go back to that. You can't just rush through the word of God. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Do you have peace today? Here's the secrets of the word. Next one. I long for your rescue, Lord, so I have obeyed your commands. You see? I have obeyed your laws, for I love them very much. Yes, I obey your commandments and laws because you know everything I do. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. So we, we will consider how much you love the word of God. How many of you read your Bible every day? Don't put up your hands now. It's a question I pose to you. How many of you read your Bible every day? How basic can the preaching be this morning? Sunday school chorus. Yes, your Bible, but is that the English? Is there an English version of that? Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day. Look, listen. You see, the church, the church is often criticized. Pastors are often criticized. But a pastor that tells you to read your Bible every day, I mean, you will discover things in there that can make you understand whether the pastor that's teaching you is a good pastor or not. Are you with me? In the, in the days of the Roman Catholics before the Protestant church was in existence, no, no, no common man read the Bible. The Bible was written in Latin. Are you, are you here? So only the priests read the Bible, then they told the people what is in the Bible. And that's when they started to fool the people. And they said they must pay penance. If you did history, it's part of history, early church history, the reformation of Martin Luther. They said, pay so much money, then you will go to heaven. So the woman asked, but where is that priest? She said, it's in the Bible. But because the woman never read the Bible, the priest could tell her anything. Are you with me? Must pay a certain amount of money, then you will go to heaven. Yes, it was called penance. Then, they had steps like this, made of wood, in Rome. Then when you come from far to Rome, you can pay a thousand rand to walk on the steps. Yes, if you walk on the steps, your sins are forgiven. They say so, wow. Ek kan over jou ook, hy sê, jy weet nie of het in die Bijbel is, want jy lees nie jou Bijbel. The steps was called the Santa Scala. I'm teaching you. <laughs> the Santa Scala was the steps that Pilate walked on when he made a judgment of Jesus. So they made some wooden steps and said, 
1,000 rand, if you walk on here, you are free. Because Pilate said, I find no fault in him. I wash my hands in unskilled. Yeah. Then there was another, they had a tooth. A tooth. You could feel the tooth for another thousand rand in Rome. The tooth was the tooth they said came from the lion in, the, in Daniel in the lion's den. <laughs> and if you feel the tooth, no lion will ever attack you and no evil will come near to you. Then they, then they sold milk. But 5,000 rand to take a sip of milk. The milk was the milk that came from the breast of the Virgin Mary when she was, fe when she was feeding Jesus. If you think I'm lying, go do some research. Then you will see what pastor is telling you today is the truth. Pastor always tells you the truth. Amen. If you take a sip of this milk, your sins are forgiven and you have a ticket to heaven. You needed to purchase a ticket to heaven. But the reason for them being able to deceive the people was the people never read the Bible. It was when Martin Luther, the young Catholic priest, was giving trouble in the Bible school. He was a very inquisitive person. So they, in, they tried to get him to also teach. You know, sometimes you think to make the person do less trouble, make him up. So they told him to teach on the, book, on the books of Corinthians and Romans. And it was by reading the Bible himself that he saw the statement that just shall live by faith. Yes. And he said, by faith are we saved, not of works. You see, it is by faith in Jesus Christ, by the grace of God. And then he, he came and he told the church, you are lying to the people. You have been lying to the people all along. Because this is what the Bible says. Are you with me? So you, you can see from the scripture, you yourself are, 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 are exposed now to the real word of God. But it's sad today that many Christians, they come sit in a big church like this, they have not touched their Bibles from Monday to Saturday. Some don't even come with a Bible to church anymore because there's now a modern thing called iPads and iPhones. But be careful if your iPhone goes dead in the sun and you must preach a word. <laughs> so you want more highfalutin uh, instructions in the faith. But the first basic one you don't do. Read your Bible. Because loving the word is loving God. If you don't have love for the word, you, will, you, you cannot claim to love God. Are you hearing? You must love the word of God. Hallelujah. Mm, you must fall in love with the word. We can tell when people love. I can tell when people love me by the love they have for the word that I have preached or shared. 
Yes. Because a person is identified by his words. So if you love the words and the instructions of a person, it means you usually have a good relationship with him. But if you say something to someone and the person misunderstands you, it is often a sign of a difficult and a poor relationship. Are you listening? I'll explain it now. So you speak to someone and the person gets angry quickly and the person becomes rebellious, say negative things about you. It means that the person didn't love your words and he also didn't love you. Now this, this could be a bit of a shock to you, but it's true. Our, our IT desk has now developed what we call a uh, YouTube channel. Then they also have a podcast channel. Then every week they lift it up, they say, go to the back. If you don't have it on your phone, get it. It's the instruction given to this church. We don't know how many people do it. But let me tell you from myself. I, I checked one or two of it uh, just to see if the YouTube is working nice. And it's very powerful teachings. Now, when I speak to my church members and one of them explains to me what he listened to in the, in the preaching of the word, it does something to me because it means this person loved my words and received the instruction of my words. Can even say my words back to me. I'm explaining to you what it does to me. Now can you imagine what it does to God? Oh yeah. Then when, I, then when the person knows Pastor Chris teaches that when I rebuke you, when I instruct you, it's for your benefit. Are you with me? These are all in the teachings. Now, now, when I speak to someone who doesn't listen to my preaching, doesn't listen to my word, a small rebuke, and then you're upset because you, you've never, you don't like my words. You don't like my instruction. But someone who's constantly listening, it is very clear. And you can see, you can see that person doesn't just, the person doesn't just love my preaching, he loves me. Do you get it? So the person will start to love the words and in turn will also love the source of the words. Aha. And there are some like that in the church. I don't, like, don't want to call them out. There are some that I can, that I can point you. This person has, has listened to the teaching and loved the words. If you haven't listened to it, you, won't, you, don't, you will not know what I'm talking about here today. You'll be a good church attender on a Sunday, or not good, but you'll come occasionally on a Sunday, but you have never really received the words that I say to you. So when you speak to me, I can hear that you are not a receiver of the words. So in actual fact, if you don't receive my words, you don't receive me. That includes not the teaching, but the rebuke also. You don't like my words. Because it's to correct you. The word is profitable for doctrine, for rebuke, 
for reproof, many things. But you don't like them. You just want nice words, prophetic words, the blessing that will come to you if you love the Lord. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. I will tell you where. Now, I can feel for the week that I from there the prediction for you to hear. But I can't even talk of you so prediction. I like to correct. Because it's part of my nature, fixing things. Hallelujah. Stay with me. I'm talking about loving the word. You can tell when people love God, they love to listen to his word. They love to go to church. Amen. They love listening to the sermons. They love to hear the preaching of the word. They love to read the word. They love to study the word. They love to memorize the word. And they love to sing the word. I don't know how many of you know that the song I just sang with you now before I took the platform is directly taken from the scriptures. Don't feel bad if you don't know. You have come to the right place this morning. This is a small guidance and rebuke for you. And love my rebuke. If you love my rebuke, you will benefit. Amen. As the servant Wait on master, so my eyes are on you. It's taken straight from the scripture. That's why I like it so much. I don't have a problem with servant and masters because uh, uh, we live in a modern world. Nobody wants to be a servant. Everybody wants to be a master. It doesn't bother me because this is from the word. Yeah. Then as the mountains, find it there. Uh, as the hills around Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his own. It's directly from the Bible. If you knew the Bible, if you read it, you would have discovered. The minds are singing nonsense here. I am a friend of God. Isaiah is Abraham is a friend of God. As the mountains are around Jerusalem. So the Lord is around these people. Is it? We didn't, it's not written for rhymes. It's the word of God. As servants wait on masters, you'll find it. I'm talking about loving the word. And I'm actually proving that many of us claim, but we don't love the word. Now, each one of you should have your own Bible. Amen? And you should find somewhere in the day that you read your Bible. It's a good teaching. Whether it's in the morning, it's the best time to do it. When you don't do it in the morning, you seldom get time. You must try in the morning. I don't know how early you go to work, but try to be earlier than early. And spend at least 10 minutes, minimum, 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 just reading the Bible. 
There will be more blessing to you than the preaching that is coming from the states today. Because God will say something specifically to you in the word. I don't want to run a church that's filled to capacity. And as you can see, the church is being filled to capacity in no time. But I have what we call snowflake Christians. Bishop Derek said, you can, you can go to war with a thousand children. You can go to war with a thousand children. I'll give you a thousand toddlers, kindergarten kids. Or give me three soldiers with machine guns. What will you choose? A thousand children to go and help you fight a war. Or three adults with machine guns to help you fight a war. You rather choose the three, isn't it? So it's not in the numbers game. And we charismatic churches are being blamed that we have Christians that don't know the the Bible. And the the Pentecostals are right. Because as much as we tell you to read the word, you don't love my instruction. Say forgive. We've actually uh, recreated the home shell group so that the word that's preached here is dissected and bisected and discussed in the home cell for your benefit so that you can eat a little bit of the word. Amen? Then we've brought back into the Bible school memorization so that our people can understand the word of God. You can't say Paul had a wife called Silas. Because Silas sounds like a lady, but it was a man. It was, a, it was his partner. Amen? <clears throat> you can't say turn to the book of Moses. There's not such a book in the Bible. I'm talking to you. Keep looking straight, otherwise people will know we're talking to you. One of the ways to test the person's love for the pastor is to, or the love for the church is to test the love for the word. Amen? Yeah. Some people pretend to love you. I had a, a brother like that. He would, he would try to show me that he is in the church. Then he would come in late, shout a few amens, and go out again. So at least we heard his voice, and it's even on the recording. Yeah. He would say, preach. Fine preaching. Say, oh, when I listen to the word, it's powerful. Until one day I asked him, what did I say? in that powerful word. I realized he couldn't say to me what I said. So he was just pretending that he's enjoying the word and he's a good church goer. But by testing his love for the word, you could see this guy really doesn't love the Lord. Are you with me? 
There are many nice things in a church. It's a nice gathering. But loving the word is the crucial part of loving God. Are you with me? So each one must have a Bible and that Bible must be read. You can't share a Bible. It's a family Bible. The pages are read, but it's not you. It's the mother and the father or the brother. You must have your own Bible. Ask your neighbor, where's your Bible? Don't get angry with me today, please. I'm helping you. I'm teaching you. Do I want a big church? I want, I like all of you. I love all of you. I love you here. But it's not, I wouldn't be a good father if I just want to see... If, Bums on seats, but he book at next any. This is not a large stuckland word. We want Christians who know the word of God. Christians who love the word of God. Amen. So you get such people they want to. There was a sister, a backslidden sister. She also tried to prove and trick the pastor that she came back from backsliding. I'm reading this from Bishop Dag's story. Listen to it. It's a good story. And she was now serving the Lord properly. She would attend church and make sure that the pastor see her. Sometimes she even come to sit right in front intentionally <laughs> so the pastor could notice Sometimes you'd come to church for a few minutes, just like the brother that I told you about, and then disappear. That's just to mark the register. I was here, pastor. But it was misleading. She thought she could deceive the people into thinking that she was a serious Christian. Hey? But we saw that she couldn't cover up because we used something to monitor her. And what was the monitor? To test her love for the word as the best indicator of a spiritual state. Ooh. Your love for the word will be used to test your spiritual state. But pastor, I'm here every week. Your love for the word will be used to test your spiritual barometer. Your state, how much you weigh on the scale. Are you listening? You will, we found out that this sister never read her Bible. We found out that she had really no idea what was being preached about in the church because she never really listened. Say mercy. I decided to use her love for the word as my indicator. Even though she attended church, I found out that she never listened to the messages. Ask your neighbor, how did pastor know you are also coming here today? She never listened to the podcast. You see, now, this is my style of preaching. Last week, I just had to be somebody else to tell you 
how nice God is going to help you. But to, to be really a good pastor, I must tell you the truth. Amen. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But if you love the word of God, it reveals your love for God. Hallelujah. If you love God, you will love his word. You will love the preaching of the word. You will love the sound of the word. Woo! You will love those who preach the word because they carry and deliver what you love. Psalm 119 verse 159 again. I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord. Psalm 119 verse 159. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. We must consider how much you love the Lord by how much you love the word. Because the way you love the word reveals how you love God. Hallelujah. Loving the Lord includes loving the hard parts of the word. They are two sides. They are nice parts of the word and they are hard parts. Some of these prophecies say nice things to you. Promises of greatness, of victory, and of salvation. They, the scriptures sound so good to be true. As God for me, as we can With God, I can do all things. And it's important, but there's also the rebuking scriptures. Like this morning sermon is more like that one. You see, and people don't love that part. Now the Bible says in the last days, men will love some parts of the teaching of the word. They will have what we call itching ears. Your, your, your ears will itch. So pastor, tell me what God is going to do nice to me. Stop rebuking me so much. You see, but that's not the word. The word is profitable for rebuke. Hallelujah. I love my preaching. So people will jump up and say, Hallelujah! When you tell them what God is going to do. I receive it, they say. But here's the scripture. All, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not part of scripture. All scripture. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Hallelujah. So if you love the Lord, you will love his word. I think we all agree on that. Say amen. amen. But if you love the Lord, you will also love the doctrine of the word. That's the teaching of the word. Then you will love the rebukes of the word. You will love the reproof of the word. And you will love the correction of the word. And then also the instruction of the word. Glory be to God. Hmm. And it could be the greatest revelation of your character is your ability to receive the hard parts of the word. What do pastor mean? Do you know there's a scripture that says you must honor your mother and father? So your days are lengthened and long. Then there's another one that says, he who hates not his father and his mother. The same Bible? It sounds like a contradiction. No, it's not. There's the scriptures for the 
A-type Christians, then there are those ones for the B-type Christians. He who doesn't take up his cross to follow me, he cannot be my disciple. Now you will find at this church, I've preached more the hard type. And that's why I've said to you, when your family starts speaking against you, don't look for these scriptures that say blood is thicker than water and then we must all be one happy family. Christ came to say, I, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. You didn't know it's also in the Bible because you love not the word. You see, it's not only for blessings. It's for rebuke. Yeah. You see how David was hated. You see how Joseph was thrown in the pit. You see how Jesus himself, his own brothers did not believe in him. It's all in the word. You don't read those scriptures. All you see is loving kindness is, is loving, is banner over me is love. No, 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 no. You must love the reproof. You must love the rebuke. Yeah, he who loves, he who gives up everything, husband, mother, father, wife, even wife, give it up. For my sake and for the gospel, you receive again in this lifetime. It's hard, isn't it? But the word is profitable for you. Amen? You must love the word of God. Hallelujah. Will you start loving the word? It's the greatest test of your character. Do you love the words? And you see the hard parts of the Bible, they are more important. I spoke to a, a very senior pastor the other day, an old man. And I was surprised that he never saw the hard parts of the word. Because he asked me something and he wanted to know why my church is doing this and this. And I said to him, the scripture says this. Do you see? Uh, he was actually asking me, let me tell you. He was asking me about young people. Yeah. That's what he was asking me. He was asking me, don't you have books on young people? He came and said to me, you are a, a student of Bishop Dag." I said, he's my father. So he said, why do you have such young, where's the books for the young people? We also want the books because our churches don't have young people. I said, we don't have such a book. He said, no, man, there must be a book. I said, no. The books I'm teaching or the books I eat and I learn and that I give back to my people what I, I give to you, what I take in. If I take nothing in, I can't give nothing to you. Uh -huh. So I said, no, it's not, a, it's not that this is for old people and that's for young people. The word of God is the word of God. So I said, this the word that I teach that people must work for God, it's not for old mamas. It's not for old papas that have now fat stomach and that is on, a, on pension and in the Sasa line. I said, God wants juicy people. Then I said to him, how old was Jesus when he started to work? He said, 30 years old. He knows a little bit of the Bible. I said, okay. So when you are... Uh, a certain age and you choose friends or helpers around you, wouldn't you choose them in the same age? He agreed. I said, so your notion of Peter being an old man is incorrect. And oftentimes, you, you choose mostly younger than you because it's better to lead younger people than to you see. So in actual fact, if he was 30, 
Then all the apostles was in their twenties. And I said to him, John the apostle, the Bible says the teenager, the Bible calls him the teenager. He outran Peter. Remember when they ran to the grave? Because Peter was now in his twenties. You can't run so fast as a, as a 17 year old. He's the one who always laid his head on Jesus' chest. I said, the history books say he was probably a teenager, 17, 18, 19, but Jesus baptized him as an apostle. And so all the words he spoke wasn't for old people, was for this age. Now you ask me, where's the book for the young people? I said, the book for the young people is the Bible. It's like we have a notion that young people must first Go and mess their lives up in the world. And then afterwards realize, at work Listen to me. I'm, I'm helping you. Many parents that come with this false notion, ach, die kinders is jong, laat hulle maar bykie die wereld proe. The children are young, let them go and see what it's like. Hulle gaan terugkom. Hy kon terug, maar hy kon terug verdala. I come, I come as a nurse. I scratch, I see me whooping. I smell whooping. I dag had zijn oogstkuf getrek. Ja, laat hulle maar ach, pastor was kan toch hier. Laat hulle maar vallen geniet. Then you read it in the newspaper. Young people came speeding with a car from the nightclub 4 a.m. in the morning. Mr. Robot and hit the tree. All five teenagers dead. Now, sukala cases. Forgive my crudeness. Amamut cases, brung. Lay wreaths, majaitikanas lat khan. Into the night, into the hands of the dark Satan in the night. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So these young people, you must find your heads down in the word of God and find pleasure in the word. There is joy in the Holy Ghost. There is peace in the Holy Ghost. There's love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. You don't need drugs to make you to make you, 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 you this, this, this. I can my ma come over the way. That's two. Teenagers. You mustn't make statements like that. I can my ma os, 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 Sit down quickly. You see, the world, the world is calling our young people all the time. Now, you can't come to this church and you're not a student. You must be in the Word of God. 
You, you don't need a drug to, to make you forget about your problem. The Bible will teach you that you must love your mother and honor your mother because there's a blessing connected to loving your mother. Yeah, you can run away with friends. You can run away with people. That's the pleasures. That's the fleeting pleasures of sin. It's a short while. Now comes it back with the with the Baba, what your mana must see, because he can't even see it. I'm my preaching has a lot of rebuke because it's in the word. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for rebuke, and for correction. But if you love it, you see, now yes, it. Now my words come to you. You say, Pastor, I love this. You are hurting me. Pastor, me no lekker pakkerje. Pastor, it give me lekker hiding. I know there's a lot of people who don't understand Afrikaans, so please remind me to speak English all the time. Pastor, Pastor you gave me lekker. You know, lekker is most a normal uh, Cape Town word. Pastor, <laughs> Pastor, you gave me a lekker hiding. Maar is goed. You see, you see, I don't mind if you say that it hurt you. But then afterwards you say, "Mas goed voor mij, pastor." Then I see now you love my words. It means you love me. You see, when you love my words, it means you love me. It is like that. You don't need drugs, man. I, I, I. By God's grace, I never smoked a cigarette. I never had to taste drugs. I, I think God gave me enough, just enough common sense to see what others, the mistakes others do. I learn a lot from others. I said, okay, they like so, I will so like it. I said, okay, how can I like so? They said, take up. You didn't make a success, I'm not going to go that way. Yeah. That's the wisdom. Wisdom is found in the streets. Even if I didn't read my Bible, the wisdom is found in the streets. Kijk hoe lekker zij. Zien? Your whole future is gone. Because you thought that later you come back. God has grace. God gives grace. There are some people who oh, genuinely find grace. But I say, why still go knock your head first when you can stay eh, on the, in, the, in the pure line? Are you hearing me? Righteousness, peace, and joy. I like that. In the Holy Ghost. That's why we scream in church. We shout in church. Because there's joy in the house of God. You don't need a drug to make you joyful. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit's presence here will bring joy. That's why David danced. The reason why we let our ladies dance the way they were dancing this morning. And the steps were nice this morning, isn't it? It was like... You will not enjoy the fullness of Christianity if you don't love the Word of God. There was a rich man who won the lot, a poor man who won the lotto. So his friends told him, "You have so much money, you must now do what what the rich people do." He said, "What do rich people do?" They said, the "Rich people." They have, they, have, they have yachts. You know what's a yacht? These boats that stand on Plittenberg Bay, Pine Lake Marine, nice yachts. He said, okay, buy a yacht. He gave the money. 
So the day he had to come to test his yacht, he was walking on the jetty. So the yacht was here next to the jetty in the water. Very nice beauty. They wrote his name on the yacht. Then he put his one foot over to climb in the yacht. But you know, a, a, a boat is not stable because the water is unstable. And as he put his foot in the boat, the boat started to move away from the, the jetty. To split in for stand. And say, Brooks, kia you honor. And when the, the boat pulled further, he fell in the water. And they pulled him out of the water and he was very angry. And then he turned around and said to them, this boating is not nice. Boating is not nice. Yes, yachting is not nice. I don't like it. Then somebody told him, you see, you, 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 you make a mistake. You only put your one foot in the boat. But if you had put both feet in the boat, and you pull the sail up, and the wind starts to take it, and the boat cruises into the sunset, you wouldn't say boating is not nice. But because you only put half of your foot in the half of your body is in Christianity. Now you say church is not nice. Want hy sit die alles in vir die Heere nie. You don't love the word. You don't love the preaching of the word. You don't love God. You want us to get excited because we see you here after many weeks. We see you now. You haven't been here for so long. You hear you say, I must make sure pastor sees that I came. Don't get cross for me. I have to help you. I'm, I am not hitting at you. I, don't, I need you to sit here. It's nice if I also see many people, isn't it? So why will I chase you away? I don't want to chase you away. I want to help you. And make you strong in the word. Yeah. Your Facebook uh, writing must be a scripture and an explanation of that scripture. Yes. Are you hearing me? But more important is your private time to open the Bible and to love the Word and to love the preaching of the Word. Let me close, let me close. <laughs> Loving the Word and the messenger of the Word. Amen. If we feed you only lollipops, sweet sugars and honey, you will not be healthy. They may be nice for a moment, but with time, you must go to the dentist, to Calvin and to Lucy all the time. You will also develop obesity and other health problems. You may have been angry with your mother for insisting that you must eat healthy vegetables, but your mother only wanted you to grow strong and healthy. Don't be angry because you ate carrots, spinach, and cabbage. Make sure you love every aspect of the word and you will grow to be a healthy Christian in Jesus. Say amen.
The last part is the messenger. The messenger. John 16, 27. Only five minutes and I'm done. For the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. John 16, 27. For the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. You love God because you love the messenger of God. Amen. Jesus said, the Father loves you because not that you love the Father, you love me. I'm his messenger. So it means by loving me, you also love him who sent me. Are you hearing me? If you love the Lord, you will love the one whom the Lord sends. You will love Jesus because he was sent by God, but you will also love his messengers. Amen? When you love someone, you love the person's wife. You love the person's children and the family. Glory to God. Don't say you like Pastor Chris, but you don't like his daughter. You don't like his wife. It can't be. You love all those who represent me, isn't it? You have treated him. When I was in Ghana, I was asking them to share, if I could share a room with my son. They said, no, there's no ways you can share. He can't share a room with you. We will give him his own room. We don't know him. We don't really want to honor him, but we want to honor you so that you don't have the, the nuisance of him staying in the room with you. But by treating him well, we are showing you how much we love you. Are you with me? Jesus said it. My father will love you because you loved me. Anything that is close to someone you love represents the person. That is why when the enemy attacks you, he attacks the people you love. Satan understands the principle of representation. Do you also understand it now? Jesus said, He who receives you receives me. Matthew 10 verse 40. In the new, in the NIV. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Your attitude towards God's messengers reveals your love for God. I was never taught this thing that I'm teaching you today. I was taught that you can criticize a man of God and you can weigh him up as you sit there in the seats as a somebody that has more knowledge than the person standing in front here. It was later in life I, I was taught that I was wrongly taught that the messenger from God is exactly that what it is. He's a messenger. He represents God. 
whether it's from my church or not, is standing on behalf of God. He's not perfect because he's human. But I should not attack the messenger. How can I claim to love God if I attack the one whom God sent to me? Are you here? Your attitude towards the messenger reveals your love for God. A real God lover is very soft towards God's servants. When you hear the servant of God is at your door, your attitude must be one that is welcoming and loving because it will reveal your love for God. Hallelujah. Whatever you do to the messenger of God reveals your attitude towards God himself. People who hate God also hate the messengers of God. And you can easily see God haters on social media. How, pastor? Just see how they attack the pastors. Some people make a business from attacking pastors on social media. My wife knows all of them. She prays for them. She says, look how they are attacking the pastors. I say, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't bother to make a comment. And then they find themselves not becoming anything. I'll come back to it. I'm going to close with it. I'm closing. I'm closing. Hmm. Those who have no respect for God or His servants, those who have no respect for the servants of God, they have no respect for God. There are so many who just insult the servants of God. And they don't realize that when they do this, they demote themselves. Check your attitude towards the servant of the Lord. Please check it. No matter the denomination. I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about any person that is used by God. You must treat them with love, respect, and care. Say amen. Don't claim you love God, but you don't love the servants of God. So BMI, this is the teaching of this church. We don't criticize pastors, priests, any person from another church. Say amen. amen. Don't compare other pastors with me and say, bad things about that pastor because you, you saw I can do certain things. Don't do that. Every pastor is called for a specific place and for a specific person. The one thing I want to get into your minds today, this morning, is number one, to love the word, but number two, love the messengers of God. Because the Bible is clear, if you receive the one that I sent, you receive me. I am actually trying to get you to love God. So I'm showing you what breaks down that thing. You see, constant criticism is something we all live with as pastors. Somebody told me the other day, many pastors who criticize other pastors is, is because they see in that pastor that they criticize the dream that they actually wanted to live. But they couldn't make it. And you'll also notice when you start to criticize so much, you, you don't become great. Are you hearing? Huh? 
Pastor Lafoy phoned me the, uh, two days ago. Just phoned me to say hello, which is great. And then he was congratulating me, and, 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 he, and he said, you, you, continue the work you are doing. Continue the work you are doing. And listen, uh, then he speaks Afrikaans. When Pastor Lafoy speaks Afrikaans, he wants to hit a statement. Oh. I say, worry! Jy het mos nie jou hoenderhok gebouw nie. Jy het nie jou hoenderhok gebouw nie. You will lift the people of God into a higher level, into a higher standard. But what breaks down the standard is when you start to criticize the servants of God. Are you listening? What makes you not progress, what makes you stay in your small hoenderhok because you think that you have more knowledge more grace than the pastor that has not built a hunderok. Start to love the word and the, and the messengers of the word. Start to love them. You don't have to listen to all of them, but you don't criticize them. Will you do that? These are two important keys that you receive from me this morning that will make you a great man of God. When other people talk bad about the servant of the Lord, you just say, I will not say anything. Are you with me? I'd rather not say anything. Because the Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. That's the Lord's doing. And sometimes when, even when the man of God is not doing well. It's, David learned this very important lesson. Saul was trying to kill him. And twice Saul was open target for him to be killed. David was behind him with a sword. And the men said, kill him! He's trying to kill you. Kill him first. David said, touch not my anointed. Do my servants no harm. Some time ago, Bishop Dag the demonstration it took oil my wife will not be happy if I do it here this morning it took oil give me the water yes keep my glasses it took oil like this I'm closing and he said you see a, a man of let's imagine this is oil because my wife will not let me put oil on my shirt okay she says she must struggle to wash it out so he was pouring the oil like this He did it like this. I'm using water. It will dry now. Don't worry about me. He said, you see, a man of God carries an invisible blanket, an invisible anointing. So when you, you criticize, you strike the man of God with your tongue. But actually, before you touch him, you strike the oil. Every time you strike the man, you strike the oil. And it bounces back. That's why I can show you people that are very good in criticizing servants of the Lord. I can show you that they've become nothing, going back fast, slowly in reverse gear. Their lives have become absolutely nothing. And if you want to learn a good lesson, do the same, and you will also become nothing. Put your head into the Word. Read it every day. Speak to someone and say, you know, I, I, I saw wonderful, something wonderful in Scripture. 
And that person will tell you also what I saw in Scripture. And then when you, are, when you love the messenger, these are all ways of loving God. Loving the Word, loving the messenger. It, loving the Word is not just reading the Word, it's also listening to the preaching of the Word. Yes. If you go to YouTube, you see the, some nice design preaching. Even I'm surprised. Reversible faith. Yeah. The fleeting pleasures of sin. Powerful. The humility of a servant. Hannah's prayer of anguish. It's all nice. Look like movies. I always wanted to be a movie star. So now I see it look like a movie, like the cover of a movie. But if you're sitting here and you didn't listen to one of those messages, it's to you I'm preaching this morning. Not to get angry with me, to say, Pastor, you're hurting me, but I like your words. You're hurting me a little bit this morning, but I know that the word is profitable for doctrine, for rebuke, and for reproof. You become great in the eyes of God if you love the word. Stand to your feet. Righteousness, peace, Ghost, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Come on, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a part of this kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? God bless you for listening to this message. Remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind.